Hey guys, what's up? This is David here. Welcome back to another episode today. I'm super excited to introduce my friend Kent, Mr. Kent Lang. He was born and raised in Vancouver, BC, went to UBC and studied psychology when he had a change of heart, and we'll talk about that later in the podcast where he changed and did acting. Most notably in 2016, he played the role of Adam in a Pakistani film, Chale Te Sath. He played a romantic lead in the film and was the first ethnically Chinese actor to play a lead role in Pakistani film history, and you can find that on Netflix. He also played Benjamin on a Chinese television show, The Way We Were, alongside many other accolades that you can search on IMDb. So Kent and I met via mutual friends, a classmate of mine with buddies with him, and during our grad trip, we visited Beijing, where Kent and his friend Owen Kuang, shout out to him, played senior officer in Min Mulan most recently. They were gracious to host us and show us some of the sights, foods, and scenes around the area. Thank you for having me, David. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. We were just catching up, so I was just asking where you've been, actually, because the last time I saw you was in Beijing, in Beijing. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And if you were to give me a run, how long have you been in there in Beijing compared to when did you get back? And I was living in Beijing for five years. It got to a point where, especially when we met, um, I was very settled in Beijing at that point. I had some credits in, in China, built my network. I was with my long-term girlfriend, who I'm still with right now. And at that point, our life was rather steady compared to where I am now, which is also self-development. I realized that back then, I was probably kind of coasting more than I would like. But yeah, so for those couple of years, definitely not as much work as I would have loved to have. Now I'm in Vancouver. That wasn't exactly part of the plan. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually, so I was in Cape Town um, in February for a mid-March for a commercial for a company called Summersby and their subsidiary is Carlsberg, um, the beer. But yeah, so I was there shooting a commercial and COVID was just kind of like really starting to kick the world. Yeah. And my flight back to Beijing got canceled last minute. And my parents totally freaked out. And they're like, Kent, you gotta, you gotta get out of South Africa. ASAP. Oh, that's um, yeah. So they, so my first flights available were back to Vancouver. And we booked those flights came back to Vancouver. And then, you know, the borders all, all closed down. And now I'm just kind of separated from my girlfriend. But let's go back a little bit because I guess yeah. some viewers don't know who you are. But I know you went back, like in university, you were in UBC, you're part of CBC, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> et cetera. Yeah. Uh, but did you know you wanted to go into acting even before, like in university, in high school? No, like so between me and my brother, so my brother's two years older, my brother was the one that actually was in drama in high school. So when I was in high school, I was, I was like really insecure and not a leader whatsoever. I followed my brother because he was my older brother. And so I wasn't like particularly assertive in many ways. And as a result of my, some of my weaknesses, I was picked at, bullied and stuff, which now in hindsight, I'm very, very grateful for, oddly enough. And even when I got to university, I essentially had zero clue what I wanted to do. Yeah, and like most as, of us, yeah. like most of us, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up. I, I took uh, first year psych, like psych one hundred, and I fell in love with it, as most people do, because it's psychology. Like we we learn about ourselves, you know, and yeah. we love ourselves. And actually, we're gonna want to take that class. But I, I just I just took that and I just ran with it. And through psychology, I learned a lot about myself. I learned about why I was who I was and 
why I was insecure and what I could do to improve myself. And it really was like psychology, taking those courses, studying that and having my own natural mindset that I want to self-improve that really jump-started my whole mindset that brought me to where I am now. And without going into too much detail, unless you want me to, like what brought me from there to here Mm -hmm. and got me interested in becoming an actor in the first place was at the foundation was self-development. Right. Was no, that, it is interesting to hear. Yeah. Just because uh, I'm studying psychiatry now and like I can attest to it, like personal development is very much part of why I like studying what I do, like mental health in a more mental health sense, but more it is applicable. Like it is part of, you know, developing totally, yourself. Totally. Yeah. Like we may not be diagnosed OCD or all these kind of things, but we all have underlying traits that would tick off a few yeah. boxes on that DSM. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Just understanding, you know, what is normal and what is diagnosable is also useful but yeah like what kind of led further down that direction was in university through cbc of all places yeah i did those fashion shows and awesome it it was a an arena for me to overcome a lot of my previous demons even so first getting into the fashion show that in itself took time that took a willingness to kind of put myself out there and you know in hindsight right now honestly i'm extremely proud of myself in the sense that I, at that point in time, despite my insecurities, I pushed forward. And in that process, sure, I did things that were embarrassing or cringy because of our insecurities, but because we're trying to reach somewhere and we don't know how to do it, we're going to fumble and stumble. Mm-hmm. Being an actor, being in the entertainment industry, you just have to have that thick skin. And it just, I, I see where it all started was that, 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 bravery that i'm like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna audition to be an underwear model for a fucking <laughs> um university club you know and go from being a chubby kid to being you know muscular or whatever and and but yeah so it was those cvc fashion so shows that kind of gave me some a lot of validation and it helped heal some of those wounds made me realize that i'm worth something that i i'm attractive or i'm a, I'm, I'm worthy of female attention and this kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but over time doing a few of those shows, those wounds slowly got healed. And I just realized how uh, superficial that type of attention was. And again, I think I, I praise myself because I think a lot of people get stuck in that. And especially nowadays, like it, it is akin to social media mm-hmm. in that people get stuck getting that basic validation and they just feed off that and they're just, yeah. and back in the day before social media really existed, that like for me, it was, it was these fashion shows. I would get my fix. I would like work out, do the show, get validation, meet these girls, whatever. And when I realized that it was superficial and I wanted to do more. And um, when I wanted to do more, I had the opportunity to uh, host a show called Asian Lifestyles TV. Uh, Shout out to my friend, Kevin Lee, who produced the thing. And through that opportunity, I was able to learn. I was able to also be in in people's attention, but now I also all of a sudden had more responsibility. I was actually speaking, I wasn't acting, but I was hosting. And in that process, I also then realized that I didn't want to be a host. Like you know, I was essentially like a VJ, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to really do that either. So, but then I still wanted, I still felt the value that being in front of camera, being in front of people um, had on me, mm-hmm. that it just made me so uncomfortable. But at this point, I was already getting into this habit where 
when I felt this uncomfortability, I'm like, I'm going to take this head on. Where can I take this head on? I want to take acting class. I, w- I want to see what becoming an actor is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the credits of having that host under, under my belt, I was able to get an agent. And with that agent, she referred me to acting class. I went to acting class. And just like any, any, um, <laughs> it's so funny because like, I was so full of myself, man. <laughs> so full of myself at that point in time, like four years of being a underwear model for a university club somehow yeah. made me think that I was like the hottest shit in the world. And like, literally, like, I'm not even lying to you when I, when I had the belief that, oh yeah, when these directors just get a look at me, they're going <laughs> to want to put me in a movie. And then fast forward, I'm in acting class getting my ass kicked because it's not easy. And you're uncomfortable, you're nervous, you have all these other beautiful people looking at you, judging you, and way more talented than you. And you just, you're, it, you just go from, well, I just went from like 100 down to like zero in like no time flat. And I just realized, I was like, this is going to be really hard. There's actually talent and skill and persistence and involved in this. And obviously, it didn't happen. All, this didn't all happen overnight. And I'm lucky that I had good mentors, good teachers, good friends, that helped guide me through this, that are patient when I was uh, so full of myself, but still kind of, you know, helped me along this way. And eventually I just learned that, yeah, like there's a bajillion good looking people in this world. And yeah. it means nothing without having a story you want to tell, having some art, art, artistic creativity and all these other much more valuable things. And when I realized that, that's when, that's honestly when the fight and the struggle became real was realizing that this is a struggle, that this is a marathon, that the overnight success concept is, for the large part, a lie. And the more you believe it is a lie, the better it will serve you. Because the more you think that you can just one day walk onto, walk into some audition room and you know the casting director or the director is going to be oh, yeah, that's the guy. Like The less you believe that that's going to happen, the harder you're going to work. Mm. Um, and... Um, the harder you can work, the harder you do work is definitely, you know, the right mindset that you need to have. Yeah. I got a couple of questions. I mean, I don't yeah. want to derail yeah, what I, you've been going on, but so many good points that you made just in terms of wanting to do acting. There's not a whole lot of say Asian actors that are out there. Like for me, like in medicine, like, you know, I knew older brother figures who were in medicine, they could guide me along the process, what to apply for, how to improve your CV or whatnot, and you know, what to do. But for your case, it's a lot of it's uncharted territory. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, how did you find people to help you along the way? Or how was there like a enclave of like supports or anything like that? Or what was it like? I would say definitely not as much as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. And in some way, it's good and bad. You know, like I kind of like the fact that, especially nowadays, even you get we can see it happening before our eyes, proper representation of minorities, right? Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show that things are changing so fast, especially for us. So it's exciting. Whereas I think, you know, if you're on the other spectrum, if you're Caucasian, as much as they support it, right? Some of them deep down inside must be understanding this pie, which is, has limitations to its size, right? they're losing, they're losing chunks of it. And they have to tell themselves they're okay with it because like, 
Otherwise, you'd be kind of a racist. <laughs> but at the same time, they're losing market share, and that, that does suck. Like you, I, I do because I obviously have Caucasian friends, and I empathize for anyone that wants to be an actor or anyone that has a dream. Honestly, that anyone that has a dream that's hard to attain, that is a that's passionate about it as much as I am, because I know it's I know it's hard. So. For them to then lose the lose these opportunities, I feel for them. Mm. But going back to your question, I was for I was definitely fortunate that I did have a handful of friends that were far more advanced in their career than me, that right. were able to give me advice, and also friends that were I was able I was able to develop alongside with, and we would share our experiences and um, discuss strategies and stuff like this. One of the friends that influenced me. A, two, a couple of the friends that probably influenced the mo- me the most is a guy named Osric Chow and uh, Ludi Lin. Um, oh, yeah. And they're the two people that really kind of put into my mind to then go to Asia, mm-hmm. uh, go to China specifically, obviously. Because at that point, when I was, when I knew that these two people were in China and they their success, like when they went there, whatever they got out of it helped them. Mind you, I don't know many people that went to China and it didn't help them. Mind you, the number of CBC or ABC Chinese actors that go to China are mm-hmm. few and far between, especially in my personal social circle. Yeah. Before I really kind of was influenced by them, the industry here was obviously pretty crazy rich Asians. And any day of the week, you would catch Asian actors discussing how stereotypical the roles that we would audition exactly. for are, like accountants and ninjas and stuff when we're not even Japanese or you know like that that was the era where those jokes existed right yeah yeah. um and because a large part it was true you know and I guess for me I was very fortunate um the 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 role that really kind of helped give me a lot of confidence um that there's more out there that I'm worth more than just that uh, was when I booked um, the film John Applejack. So in that film, first off, I was a, it was an indie film, so nothing like crazy, crazy huge. But I was lucky enough that I got one of two lead actors' roles in that film, and um, it was a romance. Um, and I wasn't particularly portrayed in a way that I was like, because the writer was also Chinese, Rick Tay, who shout out to him, has also been very influential in the Canadian uh, Asian film industry. Um, and so I booked that role and that really gave me confidence. I was like, you know what? I, I could do this as like, I could be a lead. I could be a lead actor. Like, why can't, why can't I believe that I could be one day Leo, for example, mm-hmm. obviously big shoes to fill, but reach for the stars and upon the moon. Like I always, I truly believe in this, you know, compare yourself with the people that are at the top, just so that you know that we're like, how far you need to go, you know, with that film, with that new kind of found confidence, um, I, had I had a, I looked around the industry and I looked at other Asian actors that started before me and they were 10 15 years thick into this thing 30 40 50 credits maybe even more but like not not to not to disrespect their career not to say that what they achieved isn't uh, a success in its own right but they weren't known they weren't leo they weren't Brad, for me, that's not why I got into this. That's not why I wanted to become an actor. I didn't want to just have a career. I want to have, I want to have an inspirational, exceptional career. Mm-hmm. And I felt at that point in time, me staying here 
those opportunities weren't, didn't exist to foster me to get to that point. Obviously, it's not just on the industry. It's also on my own hard work. It's also on how, how talented am I? I get that it's a double-edged sword. You know, um, I obviously need to be good enough, right? If I'm not good enough, it's not because of the industry. It's just because it's just I'm not good enough. You know, I, mean? I get that. And unfortunately, I think I wish I had more of an understanding of this back then. And I was maybe a little bit more patient because a couple of years after I left, Crazy Rich Asians did come out. And then there was this golden era where there was a bunch of a bunch more films where they had Asian, Chinese, Canadian, Asians roles. And now I have friends that back in the day when I left were in a similar standing with me. But because I left and they booked these roles, not saying that I would have booked them, okay? Let's just be real. Yeah. But, yeah. but because they stuck here and because they're talented, because they worked hard, now they're in a position that I wouldn't even believe ex- could exist for actors like us five, six years ago. A friend of mine, Manny Jacinto, he was, he had a small role. Well, no, well he had a smaller role in John Applejack, the film that I was a lead role in, okay? Mm-hmm. And then he books, uh, was it The Happy Place? And so he's a, a regular on this TV show, five, six years, seasons. And he's like, you know, more than half a million followers on Instagram. Not saying that we should judge people just on this, but unfortunately, it's a good measure of someone's success. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in my mind, like I back five, six years ago, I did not think that this could exist. Right. And, I, and I'm proven wrong. My, my guess of what could happen back then is wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I'm not saying that my decision to go to China was wrong because ultimately me going there, I met my girlfriend and through her and the opportunities that I did find were things that I would never replace my time with, you know, but just being, just being objective, comparing where, where I've made mistakes in my logic and my planning. I did not expect that America would have this boom. Mm-hmm. Like in my I mind, been able to predict that there was like the trajectory wasn't going that way, right? It was no. totally no. not, totally not. And my my strategy now, things and a lot of opportunities to look forward to. Obviously, COVID is a uh, kind of messes up everyone's plans, but I still have uh, I still have an optimistic future for sure. But just being just just being objective again and com- just using hindsight, I can just see where I missed opportunities or I miscalculated, you know? Right. Um, right. But yeah. Okay. So going back to your question, Osric and Ludi did help me set up going to like, Os- I sat down with Osric one day and I was like, what do you think about China? And he was like really positive about it. So that was a large reason why I went. And when I got there, Ludi was gracious enough to uh, house me for a couple, a uh, couple of weeks. <laughs> He he was uh, nice enough to introduce me to a lot of his his network and his friends. And when I moved there half a year later, like I felt that I had people to turn to, which is arguably the hardest thing about moving to a brand new country, especially one that the culture is different. I don't speak Mandarin, this kind of stuff. So very blessed that I had the two of them to kind of uh, help and guide me, uh, especially during that period of time. I have a buddy, Owen Kwong. Yeah, so... He, yeah, I met Owen. Yeah. yeah. So me and Owen, he started as an actor before me, but I've been fortunate enough that I've had uh, him as someone to develop with over this period of time, you know? Yeah. Um, and and having someone to share the journey along with some a handful of other friends, of course, is, 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 is very, very nice. Yeah. yeah. So there's actually a lot of talent from Vancouver. So I, I think Osric Dude, and Ludi yeah. from Vancouver, Owen, yourself... So uh, there's a guy named Peng Yuyen who is a megastar. 
in, in China. And I think he went to UBC. There's a guy named Sean Doe, who's also, I think, Canadian. I don't know if he's from Vancouver. Right. But yeah, there's like a handful, like honestly, like a number of of people in the industry that are like not just like doing okay, like top that have in some way, shape or form come through Vancouver. Like Godfrey Gao. Yeah, yeah. The late Godfrey. Late Godfrey Gao. Yeah. yeah. Like he was, you know, grew up in Vancouver and stuff. So I remind myself this sometimes. I'm like, man, they can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely 100%, man. That's the other thing I wanted to quickly ask was just, we haven't talked about Asian parents in our podcast yet, but, but I just wonder, it's such a non-traditional role to dive into. How was your family receiving this? <sighs> or friends or just people close to you? The topic of family has become extremely relevant in, like, in these last few days. I can't imagine my dad would ever actually listen to this. Um, and if, even if he does, you know, I, I, I think I want him to know. Unfortunately, I don't know whether I could have a one-on-one conversation with him because I think right. it would just be... You can definitely send this to him. <laughs> we'll record it. Up to you. It's up to you. I feel like this is something that if he, has, if he comes across himself, then he can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if the fact that I can't speak this to his face, I... Mm. I hope that he could own up to why, <laughs> yeah. you know, again, I'm the son here. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the father. I'm not, I'm not the leader in this situation. Like, but I think as kids, right. Yeah. We want to be like, Oh dad, I've outgrown you, you know, but then mm. no matter how much we've grown and matured that they, they never see that we know enough that we can tell them what's right. Oh, absolutely. So that being said, dad, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give the responsibility. I'm going to leave it on your lap. So if you are the leader, you can ask yourself, why can't I not have this conversation with you personally? Mm. My, okay. So me coming back to Vancouver this time around. Yeah. I've made it a point that I wanted to rekindle and improve my relationships with my parents and my family and just make up for lost time make me being away you know spend time with my nephews that kind of stuff but specifically with my parents i wanted to spend time with them and open up to them about my life and ask them questions about their life that in the past i haven't and 99 percent, i succeeded right now me and my family me and my parents we have never been happier i'm able to share with them all these experiences i had in China, I was able to exper- uh, share experiences with them that I had with ex-girlfriends that I've never discussed with them. Just like <laughs> mature adult conversation. I'm like, yeah. yeah, this is what this was like when I was with this person, you know. And back in the day, you know, when we're younger, we're like, oh, they're going to judge us. You know, we're afraid or whatever, right? But now I'm at a point that I'm just like, I just want to share with you my life so that you know who your son is. Yeah. And for the most part, again, success. We're doing great. I'm super happy. So right now, I, as I said earlier, I'm in this like stage of, self-development more than I have been in a long time. We have so much time right now. Well, I guess you're working. I'm not, yeah. you know, um, so I have no excuses. So waking up at 6.20 in the morning, I have Chinese class with my Chinese teacher, 7 to 8 a.m. Wow. I keep on studying Mandarin until around noontime. I go to the gym, have a fasted workout. I finish working out by around 2 or 3 o'clock, break my fast, 17, 18 to 19 hour fast. Then I sit down and I write my script, have dinner with my parents, then I keep writing. You know, this is an ideal day. Ideal. Right, right, right. Obviously, other things come up. But yeah, so I'm like working super hard. My parents are around. I'm like in the living room, practicing my Mandarin, trying to change my accent. Like before they even wake up, 
And they wake up, they come out, like I'm walking around speaking Mandarin, you know what I mean? And I'm in the, in the back of my mind these last few weeks, I'm thinking like, oh man, like maybe, maybe before, five, six years ago when I lived here, my dad didn't believe that I could make it because he saw that I wasn't working hard enough. Mm. I wasn't talented enough. That I just wasn't good enough. Fast forward till now, okay, I'm proving not only, like I'm proving to myself how capable I am, how hard I can work. Whether that equates to a job, the future will tell. But I'm proving to myself, regardless of this result, I'm working hard and I'm proud of myself. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe this is going to change my dad's mindset. Maybe now my dad's going to believe like, oh shit, like I didn't seem, can't work so hard before. Maybe he does have a chance. And, right. like, and at the minimum, even if he still doesn't believe I have a chance, I like, is it so hard for us to just be like, yo dad, like, are you proud of how hard your son works? Even if you think that I don't, if I can make it, can you not admire how hard I work for something yeah. that you think is impossible. Yeah. You know? And what does his body language show? No, so like day to day, we're fine. He doesn't, body language has been fine. Like we, we haven't talked about it. We haven't right. talked about my career because right. I didn't know until we had this conversation just the other night that he still completely doesn't believe that what I'm doing is going to work mm. at all. It's not even like I haven't changed his mindset in the slightest. Right. And I was just so disappointed. Like I was just so disappointed for a couple of days after I was like, I was left in this funk where I'm just like, like it hurt. It just really, really hurt, you know, like, and I guess I've been trying to tell myself, remind myself, don't do this out of spite. Don't achieve what you want to achieve because some person didn't believe in you. Mm. Do it because out of love. Find those reasons, find those reasons of love and, and attach to that because you don't want to become cynical, right? Oh, right. yay, I succeeded. I, I became a big actor, but I walk around like, yeah, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Look at who I am now, right? That's how you're going to end up, whether consciously or subconsciously, you know what I mean? I want to get there and be like, oh, I, I forgot that you hated on me, but I love making movies. I love analyzing character. I love self-improvement. And that's why I did this. And now that I learned all this positive shit because of this positive mindset, maybe now I can share to you my positive shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I want to be, you know? But when my dad comes at me with this negativity, mm. I cannot like help but be like, dad, like, I don't want to do this out of spite. I don't want to do this to prove you wrong, you know? But it makes me want to do that. And I don't like that. I don't mm. think that's right, you know? Yeah, that takes a lot of self-control, discipline to have that discussion internally and with yourself in your head because it's, it can, I can see it as a double-edged sword, right? You can use that as fuel, but like you said, if you take it too far, we can being cynical towards your family too. Yeah, so I just, um, I don't know, man. Like, um, the, the shitty thing is like, I hope I'm allowed to swear, by the way, because I've been swearing a lot. That's fine, man. But yeah, I don't know whether I'm going to succeed. You know, you talk to anyone, you talk to anyone with a dream. Mm -hmm. And if they say to you, David, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be the biggest actor you've ever known. <laughs> Bitch, you lie. I believe in myself. I work hard. I have the habits to do what I need to succeed. Do I know? Can I guarantee I'm going to succeed? No. Mm. And not knowing whether I'm going to succeed 
not knowing whether I'm going to succeed, but also then now having the pressure that one day if I don't succeed, my dad's going to be like, I told you so. You know how shitty that feels? I got enough pressure as it is trying to do this. You know what I mean? The last thing I want to, last thing I want to think that I'm going to experience when I fail at achieving this thing that I could spend 20, 30 fucking years trying to do is have my dad look at me and be like, bitch, I told you so. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, ah. Yeah, but look at it this you've come such a far way from when, you know, the UEC days in terms of looking at like the things that you've hit, like the movies that you've starred in, some of the lead roles, Netflix, all those things. They're like building steps and stones towards that dream. So in a way, it's a little bit surprising hearing it, but also not because you set such a high goal for yourself. But also, I see you as kind of like a pioneer and you've done so much leading up to this point already. Thank you, man. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And like, it's just crazy how much, how hard it is in terms of the day to day struggle. And I appreciate you giving me some of that like insight into what it's like and to the, your career. That's really like, thanks for being vulnerable in that way. It's like you, you know, I like sometimes I don't know if I'm overdoing it, whether, whether the pressure I put on myself is unsustainable, whether, at one point I'll break whether mm. or whether it's hundred percent necessary. You know, like I, I want to go to the gym depending on the mood, but you know, when I feel it's right, I, you know, I download um, one of those motivational tracks, you know, it's a mixture yeah. of the rock, Will Smith, David Goggins, all these guys. And it's the oh, same yeah. thing. Right. <laughs> and I just got like a two, three hour thing, one thing. And I just play, play it. And like, it just gets me so amped up, you know, to the point that, to the point that if I, let go, I would just cry. Like, not in like, I'm a bitch. Like, just because I'm just so revved up, that I'm just so full of emotion that, that, that I'm, at, I'm in this state. And then I, I channel that into exercise and then try to as often as I can, maybe, maybe not as often as I can, because I think I would die if I did this. But like every few days, I try to get to this state where I'm at the gym and I'm just like feeling super sane. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And but I don't know whether if this is too much, whether I can sustain this or yeah, I'm trying to push, trying to find that perfect balance where I push the stakes as high as possible without going over the edge. Right. When, when I hear news of celebrities committing suicide and by no means I'm a suicide. Okay. Let's, I just, I'm just, again, I'm just, I hope that you appreciate that. I'm just being completely fucking Yeah. Off. Yeah. No, right. no, it's good. When I hear news of, with celebrities committing suicide, whether they're in Korea or, you know, wherever, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's on purpose, not drug overdoses, okay? Right. When I hear about this shit, I struggle. I struggle with understanding why. Because I'm going to take a, like, I know, like, I'm gonna, okay, I'm not gonna, obviously I'm not going to say any names, but when I hear about this kind of stuff, I always think you are already famous and I'm trying to think of their psychology. What's going mm -hmm. on in their head, right? What pushes them to the point that they just want to end it? You're famous. You have a fan base. Some of them are trolls. Some of them love you. You have, a, you have an agency that wants to, to run you to the ground and make as much money from you as possible, and they probably dehumanize you. Um, you have family that don't understand you. You have family that love you. Ultimately, though, there are people that would are traumatized to shit that you, that you killed yourself, that are or are more pain than you are because you killed yourself mm -hmm. and committing suicide. You are, you're doing this to people that you love. But I always think if I ever get to that point, 
mind you, jumping into a, 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 the, the seat of a famous, well-known celebrity, mm-hmm. you could literally say, fuck it all. Agency, you can sue me. Come for it. I'm never acting ever again. Fuck the industry. You could probably have enough money to go to Bali and buy a fucking hut and live your <laughs> rest of your lives in a fucking beach. Yeah. Like, you could figure it out. Mm-hmm. You could find a, a, find a place to be happy, nothing to do with the industry, if that's what you want. If you want to say fuck the industry, do it, by all means. But what has pushed you to the point that you actually ended it? Because I'm like, nothing is worse than what you've just done, in my opinion. You know what I mean? You have just stopped your own ability to then Im- to enjoy the years of life that you have after you. You have then hurt all the people around you. So at, at that point, it's like, did you put the stakes, again, going, comparing back to your, my own life, like, did you put the stakes so much on yourself that it hurt so bad that you didn't have the objectivity to see this out, to see this, to see this back door that I think they all have? You know, unless, mm. like, what, you got loan shark coming after you, they're going to kill your family. I don't know, man. Like, you know, within reason, I would just, I just, I can't imagine why you can't just literally just quit. Mm. Pay off your agency, quit your job, delete your Twitter account, delete your Instagram account, be a freaking dance for the, like find something that you love. Like if I had that kind of money, you know, maybe it's not even that much money, but like, again, I just don't want, I want to make sure I never push myself to that point. Yeah. To the point yeah. that I'm just like, I have one, like, who knows what could set it off. You, I can have like one bad audition for like the next biggest movie. And I decided to end it because I put that much stakes on this one job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the shitty thing is my dad being the way he is adds to that stakes. Adds to the fact that if I fail, I'm not going to be able to handle it. You know what I mean? But whereas yeah. if, if he was like, dude, Kent, I, I admire that you are doing this. I don't know whether you're going to succeed. I don't know either. But if you fail or not, I just want to say that I'm proud that you are this hardworking, that you tried this hard. Like, I don't, under, I don't understand what parent yeah. wouldn't say this. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 100% agree in terms of like the parental thinking i'm not a parent myself yet but i can imagine if i want to have a kid i want to encourage them to follow their dream and i guess that could be a generational thing or cultural thing because my dad it's totally different story but even when i I was never measure up to the success that he think that i should like when i was in pharmacy school he's like why didn't you do this when i was in medicine he's like why didn't you go into business why aren't you working in china or u.s where there's you know more income it's never going to satisfy him And so I just, to me, I don't even think it's my goal anymore. Like I, I, I just appreciate that he's there, that he's got his health, that I could spend some time with him. I don't think I could ever change the way he thinks. And recently he was sick. Like he had some chest pain. So he went to the hospital a couple of days, got all checked out. Thankfully he's fine now, but it, you know, I just don't want to have those crazy heated arguments if I can avoid it just for maybe his health's sake. 100%. And I don't think, yeah, like he still tells me today, like, why don't you go to Hong Kong or China or, or the U.S.? Make it big somewhere else. There's nothing for you in Canada of all places. So he's still stuck in that mindset for yeah. sure. I can't speak to, you know, the people who 
want to end their life. I mean, obviously at work, I see a lot of people who do that. And yeah, you know, so you might have a good understanding as well. Like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to claim that I know, like, I'm not going to give any mental health advice here. Like, obviously, I, I, I'm, I'm still learning in my residency, but a lot of people lose that capacity to rationalize if they get depressed, they don't have chemical right balances, they can't make these judgments they don't have the capacity to know that i did this things would be better it just they see it as like black and white it's like i i can only do it this way or they're addicted with substances that we don't know about that really impairs their judgment maybe they're not impaired right at that moment but they've been battling other demons or things that we don't hear about so it's hard to say but definitely if they had that cognitive ability to rationalize like you did i I think they wouldn't take those choices to overdose. I see where I am now. Like who know again, who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. But how I live and how I pursue my dream in these few years will define where I am when I get there. Hmm. Depression and I'm I'm sure you can speak on this matter way more than I can. Depression and all these uh mental disorders mm-hmm. realistically don't happen overnight especially depression, right? You right. slowly dig yourself into a hole because of XYZ behaviors, XYZ people around you, XYZ whatever, right? And if you do not have the awareness to spot those things earlier, then yeah, you're going to end up there. Yeah. I'm trying to spot that shit now. I'm trying to gate, I'm trying to prevent that, but still get there. You know, I'm like not depression, but success. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, I know. I, I agree. When you are depressed or when you are clinically diagnosed with something your brain chemistry is all kind of messed up you know yeah. and blame isn't the right word is this a lack of understanding i just don't get it you know yeah. because with my rational mind i'm like back door's right there man just piece it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and again with that being said i'm like okay so what can i do to prevent myself ever from getting the, to that point that i don't even have the rational mind to see that back door anymore right yeah. in that in my opinion i failed right i don't care how much money i got Mm-hmm. I feel, you know. Right, right. Mental health is, it must be such a big thing in, in your field. Like, it's probably not talked about enough in the field of acting. I mean, you have to always hold that front that, you know, I'm ready to do auditions on a whim. I'm ready to do scripts, get ready, short time crunches. I don't know. Tell me about that. Is that is it like that? I mean, that's my bird's eye view of it. Um, I want to say, though, that I think mental health in general for everyone is completely ignored. We're far too ignored. Obviously, in North America, we're far better than Asian countries. You know, yeah. You mean? lived in Beijing, like how was it? Like? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, you know, even having discussions with friends about psychological concepts that most lay people here know, just discussing insecurities. What would because of an insecurity? How would that cause a person to behave? These kind of mechanisms, I can't even have those kind of conversations with some people in China because they're not even aware. All these like they're they, they they've never read it somewhere in, from what I can tell again I I don't know but from what I can tell they didn't they haven't read it somewhere whether it's in Vogue or some cosmopolitan magazine or they, there's no media consumption where they get exposure to understanding these concepts enough that they can then put relay that information onto themselves and kind of self fix yeah China's or Asian countries I should say from what from my experience again. I'm not a know-it-all. I can. I feel that it's totally could be developed more. But again, in even North America, I feel that, for example, the concept of insecurity. Obviously, it is a use of. It can motivate you, right? It has motivated me, um, but 
for the most part, insecurity creates bullies. Insecurity creates people that have behavior that hurt other people, right? And I really, just like how in high school, we should learn how to do our accounting. Just like in how high school, we should learn how to be in a positive relationship. Like the education system is all kind of whack. But I think one of the things that needs to be improved upon is just self-reflection, understanding where you're insecure, understanding how the insecurity makes you have bad behavior, how that hurts people. Because I think just from that understanding alone, this world would be a better place. You know what I mean? Mind you, the world has enough problems. But going to your question about what's it like like day-to-day as an actor, honestly, when, when you get like an audition, the world stops. Whatever plans that you had, assuming that the time frame that they give you for this audition is really short, like a couple of days, yeah. you need to put everything else on hold. Living in this kind of state where you don't know when that audition might come, and mm-hmm. if and when that audition comes, you need to then cancel plans, not do this, whatever you know, whatever schedule that you had or whatever routine that you had, you, you might have to change. And to, to, depending on how far you want to go with this character development, like, you know, you could arguably go as far to like the next day when you're preparing this character, like you, you, you practice this character's behavior. You practice what would it be like to have a morning in this character? You know, I haven't gone, I've, I've, I've gone far enough to have like practice walks, practice, you know, obviously speaking, um, I don't, I would imagine what their daily life would be, but it, like, you kind of need to, like, for example, a question that I have in my mind a lot of the times when I have an audition, mm-hmm. me as Kent, I work out all the time. I like exercise, yeah. but a lot of the characters that I need to audition for, they don't, you know what I mean? And I always question myself, okay, in these next few days, when I'm preparing for this character, this audition, should I still work out? You know what I mean? Or is it somehow like, am I like, I'm trying to be X, but I'm doing Y kind of thing, you know? Right. Realistically, considering such a short time frame, and when you're auditioning for this character, you're not really like going full method, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you shouldn't really need to go that far, but like, it just begs the question of how much of your life should you then nullify for the sake of this audition? And a lot of the time, like, yeah, we do. Like, we just need to cancel plans, all this kind of stuff. And living, again, living in this, living in this state where you just don't know, I think that's why actors are kind of drawn to this, like, yo-yo lifestyle. Because right. when it comes, you work hard, you have no, you can't really say no, especially if you're a hardworking actor, you got to work hard. And then when I finish an audition or I finish a number of auditions, when I'm done, like, I'm mentally drained and I just feel the need, like, it's like everyone, when they, when they're, when they hit Friday afternoon, they're like, oh man, I want to go to the bar and just get wasted. You know what I mean? Or whatever, whatever your vice is, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just want to buy a tub of chocolate ice cream and, and watch Netflix, whatever it is. Like, I feel like that at the end of that, like, I want a day where I'm just like having fun or, or satisfying whatever somewhat basic needs that I have, including like exercise or whatever. But then, so after you do that though, then you might get another audition. You got to work hard again. But then if the more you do this, I think for certain actors, the that's where certain extreme extreme behaviors come, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, drug use or, you know, risky behaviors of sorts because they're trying to find that balance, you know? Right. And because it's really hard to stay in this state where even after your audition's done, right after your audition, you then go and actively push yourself to then keep on working still without another deadline obviously there are people that do this some of them i know 
I'm working constantly trying to stay like this myself. And if I do have that rebound period Mm -hmm. for it to be contained, for it to be controlled, uh, for it to be short, but allow myself to have that balance, calculatedly trying to find that balance point, because I think it's 100% necessary. Again, going back to working smart and not just working hard, right? Right. Trying to find that longevity. Right. So thanks for that. In just the more recent time, so with COVID happening the last couple of months, and I'm sure that has had a new dimension of stress and changes in the acting field of what's going on as well. Like for you, how have you dealt with that? Like how have people in your field grappled with this uncertainty, this period of time where there's a lot of things that are different now? Like what have you learned of yourself or what have you done? I think finding that balance is, I think is super important. You know, it's weird because right now we're all gifted. We're all gifted like a timeout period. If you want to take mm-hmm. it, whether it's governments or whether it's companies, they're trying to get back to some kind of normalcy. Yeah. Um, and I think um, we, you know, what, whatever industry you're in, you, you, you need to get to a point where you're not taking it as an excuse to just, do whatever you want anymore, whatever, whatever you want within the confines of COVID, of course. But I think there's this open-endedness of where that balance point is that I struggle with. Because, for example, the, the recent struggle that I've been having is when you work hard, right, and not, not necessarily all the things I do, I need to be outside or risking my health or risking my parents' health um, to do. But, for example, like writing, I do that at home learning Chinese, I do that at home, but I'm doing all this stuff at home. Mind you, I'm not here with my girlfriend, my significant other. Yeah. I'm not with my friends that I spent the last five years with in mm-hmm. Beijing. I'm very much displaced. So this is my situation. Obviously everyone has a different situation, but this is my personal situation is that I'm displaced from what would have been my normal life. Yeah. Um, parents love them. Still, they're, they're your parents. You know what I mean? So you can only have so much fun with (laughs) your parents, right? So naturally, for me to find balance and for me to pursue my career in certain ways, I need to be able to do things outside. I need, like, for example, acting class. I know there's a lot of acting classes online over Zoom and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of that because, you know, acting is this human human interaction mind you auditions in themselves all are already very inhumane because we're trying to imagine this environment but mm-hmm. trying to do an audition where there's a camera and there's a phone with your friend on zoom or whatever is it's a skill it's necessary right now but it still sucks you know what i mean and when we're trying to train and get better you know i've had friends come over a, a handful like just three three friends in a little bubble that we train together and for me, this is necessary for me, for my career, but also some level of sanity. Um, you know, I've been training martial arts and just being outside, but I've had options to go train in some studios. And this is for work, you know. And I'm trying to take this time, this period of time to better myself and position myself for success as much as possible. But because especially so here in BC, COVID has been getting worse there's now more pressures for us to now shrink our circles, you know, be inside more. And so now there's this friction point of like, do I go hard? You know, do I listen to the rock or do I listen to Bonnie Hendry, Dr. Bonnie Hendry and I stay home and I'd be a good boy. You know what I mean? And like, 
I'm trying to navigate what, where is that point right now? At, at what point am I okay sacrificing my potential future for my potential safety? You know, mm-hmm. and trying to calculate where is that sweet spot? So with that, I have a lot of anxiety because like, I want it like, especially me and my few good friends, like we are so amped up right now. We're like egging each other on, like we're just working on each other's acting, like improving each other and all this kind of stuff. And we're super amped up. But like at the same time, I have had discussions with them about this, but just like feeling that pressure that there's like a, a person with a stop sign being like, yo, slow down. I'm like, why? Like I, I need to fucking go. Yeah. Go, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I've had, I've had a lot of anxiety with that. Again, like pushing that the stakes as high as possible. So the thing that I the thing that motivates me right now, when I go back to China, I want to start a family with my girlfriend. Right. Yeah. And like she is far she's further in her career than I am, mm-hmm. but by no means like do I want to rely on her success for our family. Right. So and she's super stressed out and she's working hard and I'm like, I wanna alleviate that pressure. And I'm not gonna be able to alleviate that pressure if I don't work hard now right going back to that having that foresight right yeah i am i i literally the first thing i do once i pop open my computer i have my first task is read out loud a daily daily mantra Mm. and in that mantra i say she is counting on me Mm. and i say my future unborn child is counting on me on what i do now and then there's just all this fucking pressure you know what i mean and i want that pressure there's a there's a yeah. good pressure in this right there's a necessary pressure in this you know what i mean but at the same time if that pressure is too far then i don't spend time with my family right mm-hmm. i'm like damn all, i ain't gonna have dinner with you i gotta work you know what i mean or if that pressure is too far i put myself at risk and i go outside and i train and i have class with people that i shouldn't and i get i become reckless in the name of hard work and then i get sick and then everyone gets, you know, then fucks everything up. You know what I mean? That's not good either. I want to say though, that like, I get that this is a hard time for everyone. Like I get that. Um, and I feel for a lot of people, I feel like if anything, the more I struggle with this stuff and the more I can completely hundred percent believe and relate to how everyone is struggling. Cause I, I am not so naive to think that to think that I'm like the center of the universe. Like I 100% that you, David, you have the shit that you have shit that you're struggling with the same way that I do, you know? Mm-hmm. And you feel it the way that I feel. You feel your pain the way I feel my pain. And it just sucks, you know? Like I just feel like, I just feel like, man, like it's a tough time right now. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And I want to help people. Then I put pressure on myself. I'm like, I want to <laughs> find some way to help these people. Then I'm like, is it my time and place? No. And then, I yeah. Like no, you know, I mean, <laughs> points. no, it's all good stuff. I didn't want to cut you off because it's all really relevant stuff at this time. Maybe I'll end off with, yeah, you mentioned your girlfriend a couple of times and I imagine she's like a rock to you in terms of your, your wellness. Maybe we could end off with just that. Like how, how did your relationship, we don't have to go through the whole story, but like, did your career, those insecurities, anxieties spread into the relationship? Was there any, how did you manage the conflicts or your, maybe you had some insecurities because you said your career wasn't as far advanced than hers. Maybe you could speak to some of that. Yeah. Yeah. We've communicated a, a good amount 
on this subject. I've, because of certain aspects of my life and my family background, this part I won't go into detail because I don't think it's necessary. Um, uh, but because of my family background, I'm, I'm very aware of the psyche of what men go through when the typical concept of manhood is threatened. I constantly remind myself that I think the natural instinct a lot of times for men when they are with someone that, you know, makes more than them or whatever, you know, in the, like, jokingly, there's appreciation, you know, in the beginning, like, oh, yeah, I got a sugar mama, you know, whatever, this kind of bullshit right. man talk, men talk that we have. Yeah. But it, deep down inside, that guy's gonna, you know, start feeling like he's not worthy, or he's not doing his job. And right. in eventually, it'll get to a point where he will curse you will feel like he's in a curse. He's he's being cursed by this woman that makes more than him. It becomes this obstacle, becomes this thing he needs to conquer. Right. Right? It became something, simply put, as something negative. Yeah. When it is 100% and should always still be a blessing. Yeah. It is a gift, right? It is a gift of what my girlfriend has has given me and still gives me. And I would be an insecure, small, little man for me to see anything elsewise. Mm-hmm. You know, instincts aside, I, you know, I constantly remind myself this, that I am just a man. Of course I feel these things. Yeah. But I, like, I think one of the things that where people really need to learn and understand more is understanding that how we feel and what we feel, we cannot help, right? We feel instantaneously, without thought, without decision. That is not why we should be judged. It's not on the feeling. It's not for having a feeling. It's for how that feeling makes you behave, right? Feeling jealous isn't the problem. Acting jealous is the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So I make sure that I control my shit, that I tell Mm -hmm. myself. I, I, I make sure I keep myself in check by when I do meet people and they're like, oh, yeah, like nice apartment or like... Oh yeah, nice clothes or whatever the fuck. I'm like, yeah, you know, because of my girlfriend, because my girlfriend, because of her, in, uh, because she was in fashion, I get these clothes. All thanks to her. God bless her. Thank her, right? Because she makes money, I get to live in this nice apartment. I don't take credit for it. I make sure I don't take credit for it. Right. Definitely don't pretend that I I made the money to buy this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's just insincere, you know. And yeah. then using that again, like going going full circle here, right? I don't want to succeed out of the spite because I feel cursed by her success, mm-hmm. right? I want to succeed so that I can pay her back. You know? Yeah, I can see that you have a really healthy way of looking at it. And just, I see that in my parents were divorced mm-hmm. and my mom told me a lot of it. I mean, I'm only hearing one side, but that was one of the stressors. Like my dad had higher technical educational level like he had a master's my mom didn't but my mom was able to climb the corporate ladder better and my mom described that as she got higher and higher eventually becoming you know a vice president of a big company that it was belittled by my dad unfortunately it was just received very negatively he just he didn't start seeing it as a gift like you did he reacted very poorly and that was kind of like this cascade of resentment and festering of negative emotions. So I'm very aware of it. I think that as guys, it's a gift if we have a partner that's successful and 
carry and help us in our journey as well. So I'm glad that you, you have that thought and it's, it's a good thing. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's uh thanks for, you know, coming down. I know we, it's gone by an hour at least for just out of nowhere. Like it's been, it's been really good. Is there any like leaving, like maybe ending off any type of things or last comments that you have maybe to people or in general, or maybe people who are, you know, aspiring to be like you who want to pursue their dreams or to get into acting maybe, or other things that are similar that seem impossible. What are your kind of take on that? I think the thing that I would want to leave on is understanding and just relating to the people around us, understanding that whatever thing that you feel as a person, that that desire to be happy, that desire to be fed, that desire to be loved, all these needs that we all feel, that you feel, that I feel right now, right? I can feel this need that I want to be the happiest motherfucker alive and I'm working at it. Everyone to some degree feels that, right? Yeah. And I just want to like nail home that just because I cannot feel your need for this does not at all mean that that need does not exist, mm. right? Yeah. It, it exists. Like you have a universe inside your brain. I have a universe inside my brain. Everyone has this universe that no one can connect to. But just because I cannot connect to it does not mean it does not exist, you know? And this is, I guess, how I always, I always remind myself of this whenever I meet people that are in need or that want to pursue something because I understand exactly how that feels and how hard and how shitty it feels when you don't get these things or the struggle and stuff like this. So um, I just really want, I want people to understand like how to empathize, like how to truly empathize. That's what I was thinking. Exactly. You're describing empathy. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is like, it's so it's, this is like a, you know, one could argue that it's a textbook definition, but it's like, sometimes I feel like you need to say it exactly what it means for people to really understand what it is. Like people understand, oh, empathy, oh, yeah, I got to feel what he feels. No, do you understand what that means? That thing that you feel, that hunger you feel, that guy feels it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to leave it with that because I just think that if people understood this more, people would just be kinder to people. Absolutely. You that's. Know? I don't think you can end off better than that. And that's uh Yeah, especially in this day. Right? So. Absolutely, man. Thanks again for coming on. I know... You know, there's a lot going on right now and you made the time to talk to us for a little bit. I hope to keep in touch. Well, thank you for having me, David. Um, I definitely was far more raw in this. I'm glad that uh, I got some of the stuff off my chest. Um, yeah. yeah, good luck to you on. Thank you again for having me, man. Awesome, man. Thanks.